if you can bow with me, I'd like to pray for us. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. God, what I say here doesn't matter. The words that come out of my mouth, it doesn't matter. What does matter is your presence. Father, I pray that this, this place would be filled with your presence. That hearts would be open, hearts would be stirred, hearts would be encouraged. That your presence will meet each person here today. And may you be glorified. Lord, it's all about you. So we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Jesus. And we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Um, Wow, this is really loud. (laughs) Um, So my name is Hera, and um, I was with New Mercy five years ago before it became New Mercy. And when our church was in the process of coming up with the name and the vision for our church, um, I really was happy with our church's vision, Church for the Broken. And if you were to ask me five years ago, what does that mean to you? I would say, yeah, that sounds nice. You know, church for the broken. We're all messed up. We embrace each other in our brokenness. But if you were to ask me now, what does a vision mean to you? I would have a different response because of the brokenness that I went through, through this community, with this community. And I was able to see the bigger picture, the bigger vision of God through this community. There's actually power in our vision because it captures Jesus' heart. You know, it's not just being broken, but God meets us in our brokenness. He doesn't leave us alone. He provides a community so that you can walk with the community to be healed, to be transformed. And I was able to capture Jesus' heart, this vision, church for the broken, but transform, as I was walking in my own brokenness with new mercy. Year of 2012, um, secular way, I would say it was my hell year. (laughs) Um, In... Christian term, I would say, was my refining year. Um, I had a lot of expectations at 2012. Um, I was dating a guy in ministry, and I thought this was the person that I was going to give up my community, uh, give up my job, and serve the Lord with him. And at the same year, um, my aunt, the same week, actually, my aunt died of lung cancer. So there was a lot of losses, a lot of grieving at the same time. And this was the first time I questioned God. You can doubt yourself, but this is the first time I questioned God, who he is, and just the pain that I was going through. And I remember all of my pastors very concerned, the loving pastors that I have, 
reached out to me and said, you know, Hera, if you want to take a month or two months off, I understand. I'll be praying for you. If you need time off, I understand. So I was thinking about it, and I was praying to the Lord. And I was on my bed really wailing. And I'm not an emotional person. But I was like wailing to the Lord on my bed. This can't be my story, God. My story doesn't end like this. Me being so shattered, broken. This can't be it. And I remember the Lord um, giving me a vision. Like a vision of him covering me. Hugging me. And him saying to me, I'm going to carry you. And my heart was just so wrestling. And it's so easy when we're in our deep pain to hide, to avoid people. You don't want to tell people how you're doing. You want to show face that you're okay. But God was saying, Hera, it's okay not to be okay. Just go. Go to church. And I was like, I don't want people to know I'm like a hot mess inside. But God was like, I will carry you, so go. So I went to church, like two weeks I took off and I went to church. And nobody at, the the community didn't come and ask me, like, how are you? But everyone just acted normal, very normal. And that's what I needed. And they were encouraging me. Uh, You know how much I love fall. So... I got endless fall, keep coming, and everyone knows I love Papa John's, and that's the worst pizza ever, but I kept on getting Papa John's, and um, this community was so gracious, the words of encouragement that just was poured out, but my heart was still wrestling, Lord, can I trust you? I was in such deep pain, and I couldn't look beyond my pain. This community continued to reach out to me. My small group, the prayer team, this community kept on reaching out. What made me really capture Jesus' heart was when people started sharing their stories of their own brokenness and how Jesus met them and how Jesus was transforming them was restoring them, was redeeming them. And I saw, and I'm not kidding, I saw the glory of God just pouring because I was able to see the peace of Jesus' heart. As each of you had a journey with the Lord and you were so vulnerable with me, And you broke down those walls. And you were sharing your story, your journey with the Lord. It led me to see the bigger picture of our vision. That it's not we're just church for the broken. That's not it. Yes, we embrace each other in our brokenness. And yes, I'm sorry, that got me off guard. But I needed that laughter. Um, 
he loves me, loves my train of thought. Um, yes, uh, you know, we are broken. But, you know, God really provides a community where he, he doesn't want us just to be in our brokenness. He wants you to be transformed. He wants you to be restored. He wants you to change. He doesn't leave you there. And that's the good news. That's the heart of Jesus. That you're not stuck in your brokenness. You're not stuck in your defeatedness. You're not chained to these emotions. But God wants freedom. And I was able to witness and taste the presence of God. As people was, were sharing and testifying and giving God the glory that how he came and met them and how he was changed, it made me understand who God was. And before I questioned God, like, why do you want me to go to church? I want to hide from my, my hurts. But in hindsight, he knew me. Hera, I wanted you to capture my heart in this community. My presence dwells in each person here, and everyone has their story. Everyone has their journey. But peace of my heart is with each person, and I want you to witness and see the love that I have for this community, that I don't leave you alone, but I meet you all the way. That my father is relentless. That he loves me. And I remember I didn't open up for a long time. I entered January like really skinny. I have like skinny pants to prove it to you. Um, I didn't, I, my parents were like, whoa, you got so skinny. They were happy about that. But um, I remember it took me six months to finally let it all out. No more hiding, God. What you see is what you get. And then as I was sharing my journey, and I was sharing my brokenness, God was restoring my heart. He was healing me. He was strengthening me. And he was saying to me, this isn't your story. Hera, you're a woman of hope. You're a woman of encouragement. That's not my story for you to be in your brokenness. I'm going to transform you. And I was able to picture the greater vision of our church through this community. Um, Romans 12.15, if we can have that slide. You know, if I can envision our church what true fellowship looks like. It's this, you know, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. I had brothers and sisters that prayed with me, rejoiced with me through all of my ups and my downs. And today, this is my story. I can stand here and testify, the Lord is God. The Lord provides. And he doesn't leave you in your brokenness, but he comes. Through this community, 
He provides. And I have another slide. <laughs> One more. And I, I was taking a class in seminary. And I was studying uh, a book on brokenness through the life of King David. And uh, this actually spoke to me about new mercy. What does this world need? A gifted man or outwardly empowered? Or a broken man inwardly transformed? We are people. I know we're not outwardly gifted and empowered. We are broken, and we're inwardly transformed people. So I know um, they told me that I could only speak for 10 minutes, but honestly, I, could ta- I can talk for hours and hours of this community. I just want to say thank you, brothers and sisters, who journeyed with me, with my walk with the Lord. Thank you for sharing your journey with the Lord, and leading me to the truth of who God is. And God has more in store for you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our five-year uh, anniversary service. My name is Key. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. Uh, we're going to go into a time of communion. Uh, but before we do that, I have a brief meditation to kind of set us up to get us ready uh, for the communion. Um, and the scripture reading I, I'd like to read for us actually comes from the same verse that Hera read. Uh, and it goes like this. You don't need to turn to it. You can just listen. It's from Romans chapter 12, verses 15 through 16. Uh, And it reads, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Um, I feel all this pressure after Pastor John cried, and then Hera cried. Now, I'll try to hold it together. Um, And by the way, it's okay if your kids cry. This is how it was back in the day. Um, and for parents who are suffering through this stage, I promise it will end. It's not forever. I know it's hard, but uh, if you're scared, just, just stay in here. It's fine. You know, uh, one, of the thing that's, one of the things that's interesting about uh, the idea of community is that oftentimes Christians like us, right, we kind of see community as one of the side benefits of our faith, right? We, we say it's important, but we don't really believe it's central Right? We don't believe it's central to what our faith is about. You know, it's important, it's, it's nice to have, okay? but it's not absolutely critical. It's optional. That's kind of how we see it. You know, church, you know, I can, church, I can come when I want, I can get involved, I can build relationships on my own terms. Right? But see, that's a mistake. Brothers and sisters, community is at the very center, very center of what Christianity is all about. If you read the Bible, the idea of community literally saturates every single page. Literally every single page. In fact, community is actually central to the very nature of God's being. You know, Christianity is the only faith that says God 
has existed as a community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from eternity. God is a community in himself. This is one of the most foundational doctrines of our faith. Okay? And what that means is because God exists as a community, love, right, which requires relationship, a community, right, the dynamic of love resides at the very center of God. You know, think about it. If God, you know, a lot of people, they think of God from eternity. He was just kind of this one being all by himself for all of eternity, and then he kind of created things. That's not true. Okay? If God was by himself for all of eternity with, you know, not the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just a singular being, there would be no such thing as love during that time. Love would only come into existence after he created us, after he created other beings. So the fact that God is a community means community and love is at the very center of who he is. Now, what the Bible makes absolutely clear is that God created us in his image, okay? And that means that communal dimension in God is reflected in our very being as human beings. Okay, this is why, you know, when you listen to the testimonies uh, over the years or the testimonies that we just saw in the video or, or Hera's testimony, this is why you hear people saying that so much of what they're blessed by so much of the healing they experience, so much of the, of the restoration they, they see in their lives deals with community, with relationships. If you listen to them, it's everywhere. You know, one of the essential tenets uh, we learn in seminary about Christianity is that Jesus came to initiate what is called a ministry of reconciliation. A ministry of reconciliation. Re- reconciliation between God and you. And between you and other people. So community is a centerpiece of Jesus' ministry. Okay, community is what it's all about. And so if you haven't prioritized the community of faith in your life, these past five years or however long you've been here, you've actually missed the central point of Christianity. One of the things that uh, Jesus gave us to remind us that we are made for community Okay, for the community that Jesus has inaugurated, is this thing called communion. Okay? What this meal does is it reminds us of the one thing that binds all of us together as a family of God, and that's the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? This is the one thing about us that will never change, that will never go away. It's the one tie that lasts through eternity and goes down to the very essence of who we are as children of God. And that's Jesus Christ. When we eat of the same bread, when we drink of the same wine, we are saying that we are one at a deeper level than we can possibly imagine. Now, some of you are like, I don't feel like one body though, Pastor Key. I've been to numerous, I don't feel like one body. And you'd be absolutely correct in that assessment. There are broken aspects to any community, right, including ours. You know, not everybody who saw that video that we just saw or heard Harris' testimony, not everybody can say, that's what I've experienced at New Mercy. I know. I know that's true. You know, some of you haven't had the best experience. Some of you have been hurt, even. So what does that mean? Does that mean that communion, you know, is just this nice sentimental thought, oh, we're one in Christ, but it's not real? No. Communion, when we eat of the body and blood of Christ, 
Okay, that connects us. It's not just being descriptive. Okay, for a believer, one of the things one of the things that communion does is it reminds us of what we are aiming for. What we are aiming for. Okay, it's supposed to compel a believer. Christ died that we would be family. Let's make that happen. It makes a believer think that. You know, Christ died that we would be family. That's what this communion is all about. Let's make that happen. Let me ask you. For however long you've been at New Mercy, you know, whether it's been for a month or since our inception or even from before, are you striving to make what this meal points to a reality? You know, without question, God has been merciful and faithful to New Mercy. Okay, but I, I want to I ask you, are you striving to realize that mercy in our community? Right? If you hurt someone, do you apologize and ask for forgiveness? And if you've been hurt, do you sit there with your nose down at the person who hurt you? Or do you realize, I have been forgiven and therefore I need to forgive? Do you show that mercy in the community? Do you serve others rather than be served? Do you pray and intercede for the community and your place in it? I mean, there's so much, so much that can happen in community. And we've seen glimpses of real community and we've seen powerful movements in our community. But there's much, much more to be done. You know, my experience, I can't get into it. You can read it in the, in the newspaper here that they printed, which is great. Um, but, you know, I've experienced joys at New Mercy. You know, I, I, keep, I say this to everybody. I, I want this to be the only church I'm at for the rest of my life because I love this community that much. And, but I've also been hurt here, really. I've been hurt. I've hurt people. Okay? But I've experienced healing by staying and investing and keeping at it as the gospel tells me to. I've experienced reconciliation. I've experienced restored uh, and renewed relationships. I've experienced deeper understanding of people. You know, you feel like you can know somebody just for like um, after getting to know them in a month. No, it takes a long time. And I used to have misunderstandings with, pe- with people. But over the years, as, as we've invested, as we've forgiven in each other, we've come to realize this is how we tick. This is what we're like. This is the brokenness we have in each other you know, in our own lives. But this is what it's about about reconciling, the ministry of reconciliation. As we partake in this meal, um, I pray that you will remember that we are one church, one body, okay, and that we are called to make that a reality. Okay? As you take the blood and body of Christ, let us renew our commitment to his vision for our lives. Okay, that we would be a body striving to live in a community of grace and love in him. Okay, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to partake in this meal that you instituted over 2,000 years ago. In this meal where you show us how much you love us. And in this meal where you also show us what you want us to be. We all eat of the same blood. and the same, We drink of the same blood and eat of the same body. You have united us by the Holy Spirit. And this unity is not something that's just some pie in the sky thing. But you want, it, want us to realize it. 
in our earth, day, earthy day-to-day relationships. And I pray that that would be true for us. As we take of this bread and this wine, we pray um, that you would nourish us and that you would bless us with this spirit and give us the power to realize this vision of community in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.